Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. From What Goes On Media, this is Backstage With, taking you behind the scenes with your favourite actors and creatives in the world of musical theatre. I'm Mikey Worrell. Today we're going backstage with Lucas Rush, who's currently performing in I Wish My Life Were Like a Musical at the Crazy Cox at Zadell in London. He's also in rehearsals for the upcoming UK tour of Rock of Ages, where he's playing Lonnie. I first met Lucas 10 years ago when I was a fan at the We Will Rock You stage door. You know, 17 years old, hair that's a bit too long, questionable fringe, and wearing a cardigan. There is a picture of this. Anyway, I hadn't seen Lucas since he did the arena tour of Jesus Christ Superstar in 2012. We caught up last week at Zadell in the dressing room shared by all four actors in the show. Here's our conversation. Lucas Rush. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Hang up. Do you realise the other day is 10 years since we first met? Really? Yeah. It was fame, wasn't it? No, it was Rock You. Oh. <laughs> was it? Stage door. Yeah, Did yeah. you come to fame first? No, no, I never, I never oh, came to I fame. I felt like it was, oh, okay. God, was it 10 years? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was the day you were on as pop. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it was yeah, a secret. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's closed oh. now, we can say it. Yeah. <laughs> We are here at the Brass... Is it, is it Brasserie Zadell? Is that what it's called? Uh, I think it's, it's actually the Crazy Cox. Crazy Cox. At Zadell. At Zadell. Gorgeous, isn't it? Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely and massive. gorgeous. Yeah, Surprising huge. It's like huge. a TARDIS. Totally. Tell me about I Wish My Life Were Like a Musical. It's a review. Basically, the writer, Alex, put a Facebook uh, post out asking for um, performer stories of things that happened to them in their careers and... He got this huge influx of stories and and put them all into songs and um, yeah we've mashed them all together and uh, we sing them. <laughs> <laughs> so is it a bit like a chorus line in that way? It's not unsimilar actually. Yeah, I think the way it was. I mean, obviously you'd have to ask him for the details of how we how we wrote it. But yeah, it does remind me of that. It does remind me of that. So it's, it's not it's not parody. It's it's no, all original. It's all original. But he's a bit of a genius when it comes to um, his composing and there's. You you do sit there and go oh that's from Les Mis or oh okay that's from Funny Girl or yeah so there's little nuances and, yes yeah. absolutely you've done a couple of shows like this with your shit face whatever it was oh um, sh- oh shit face showtime yeah yeah do you like the intimacy of these kind of venues that's a really interesting subject actually I used to not like it at all like when I first got into it, okay so my first musical I ever saw was probably the same for a lot of performers was uh, of my age was uh, Joseph the amazing technology was it yeah UK tour you, okay you see, no, that, you see that's not that's not Joseph to me oh sorry I know, oh, did you see um, oh, Lindsay Haley oh, Lindsay Haley yeah. Jason Donovan oh, no, I never saw that so uh, I was how old was I when it first oh, probably about seven or eight and I remember so so uh, strongly wanting to be Lindsay Hately and really know what Jason Donovan's chest felt like. I mean, how did my mother not know I was gay? <laughs> but, sure, um, it wasn't long. <laughs> it wasn't. And I loved Kylie Minogue as well, but that's a different subject. Anyway, so I loved... The thing that got me into it was all the big spectacle. My aunt bought me the tape of that, and then my mum surprised me by taking me to it. And the, the spectacle of... I mean, it was at the Palladium, so... You know, that was always what excited me for a long time. And I, yeah, I never really got the same buzz that I got from fringe venues and small venues. It could be entertaining, but it didn't have what I loved in it. And over the last, say, seven or eight years, that's really, really shifted. I think because I've seen some phenomenal pieces of work in smaller venues, 
when they really grab you, they really grab you. So it's really, really grown on me. And also, it's far scarier as a performer to be in a venue like this. Um, and that's another thing. I've, I, I get very bad nerves before auditions and shows. And I've gotten used to it. The thing I, I've learned most is to not... Uh, at co- I'm t- totally digressing now. But at college, they um, would, would try and teach you exercises and things to calm your nerves. And so I spent a lot of time trying to get rid of the nerves and then I discovered the best thing to do is just accept the fact that they're there and use and use them mm-hmm. um, but that is so much harder in a venue where the audience are right under your nose uh, it's a lot harder to hide it's very exposing but once you've done it a few times you feel such a sense well I feel such a sense of achievement that I've really got a taste for it now. Yeah. Was drowsy the first thing you did in that kind of venue? Musical theatre-wise, yeah. When I was younger, I did do some Shakespeare oh, okay. um, as a kid. In but in terms of that shift theater. that but you yeah. were talking about, was sort of drowsy. Yeah, 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 Cause, yeah. But yeah, I was very, very young when I did the other stuff. But yeah, um, drowsy. Yeah, that was assisting the wonderful Racky Blues. That show was. Did you see that show? Yeah, I did. It was fabulous, wasn't it? It was. It was great. And you changed who the the person who I can't remember who it was. But there was a there was a part that changed every. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. So I was in it as well. But I didn't see you, you do, didn't it. See me do it. I think you were there, but I think it was Jeremy Leggett who did it when I went. Right. Okay. If he, I might have plucked that out. Yeah. No, he did do it. He, he did, did do it. I, I remember him doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a that was a great was so show. And the thing the thing about that that was brilliant was that the the West End it actually fits in exactly with what I was just saying. The West End one was um, a massive proscenium arch stage and was it the novella, novella wasn't it? Yes, but it's set in. A living room so to do that in the fringe venue was kind of perfect because we literally made it like a living room mm-hmm. and then it opened up into this uh, it was like it really was like people were in his room doing the show yeah so it lent itself very well to to that venue that was great fun yeah i loved it and i didn't know the show at that point so i didn't either coming to it cold it was it was fab <laughs> yeah yeah you are getting ready to go on tour with rock of ages i am when do rehearsals start Rehearsals start on Monday. Okay, yeah. so you're doing that and this at the same time. For yeah, a week. and it's that's going to be fun. Yeah, I know, right? I'm going to be exhausted by the end of of next week, but it's kind of good because I feel, I'm always scared of that first day. It's the the scariest day for me, and the worst bit is going around the room saying your name because I'm like, I don't remember my name. What's my name? What's my name? Who am I playing? I don't know. I don't know. And it's getting closer and closer to you. But I feel like my confidence is going to be quite good for the first time on on a first day because I'll be doing this. So this is really helping sort of, yeah. And you get to come here at the end of the day and let it all out. Yes, not the first day. So I get, we're off on Mondays. Yes. So I get to rehearse and then go home and go, I'm scared. And then... Oh, uh, God, so you've got two days before you get to come here again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry to scare you. No. <laughs> no, it's great, though. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Rock of Ages isn't a show I'm familiar with. I never saw it when it was in town. Okay. Or it's toured before, has, has it? It has toured before, yeah. Is it one you were like, that's what I want to do when it came up? That part in particular, because I love... It's kind of perfect, because I adore Cabaret, the musical. Mm-hmm. And I love rock music, as is probably quite obvious from my uh, CV. Yeah. <laughs> and I did the MC in Cabaret um, up in Scotland, which I, is quite possibly my favourite part to have played, apart from St. Jimmy, which I loved as well. But the MC is is my dream role, and rock, singing rock music I adore. So this, this part in Rock of Ages is pretty much like the rock version of the MC. So it's kind of perfect for me. Yeah, very excited about it. I don't have a clue what I'm going to do with him yet, but... I'm uh, looking forward to chatting to Nick and uh, figuring that one out. When you went in for that, mm. you'd recently come off the Thoroughly Modern Millie tour. 
Yeah. That got cats sorry upon Yeah, no, face. it's all right. <laughs> that obviously is still quite raw, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, How did I mean, you pick yourself up and go into an audition? So actually, I'd already been cast in Rock of Ages. So I always, I actually was cast in Rock of Ages before I did the second leg of Millie. So I always knew I had that to go to. So so Millie would have finished. Would yes. Millie have finished by now? Yeah, right. it would have finished last week. You did a whole tour with it before. So I guess yeah. you were probably looking and going, oh, I get to do that again. That's really nice. And then yeah, I got my issue and- already lined up. Absolutely, and also I went back as as um, as well as Miss Mears. I was also resident director on it. So when you're that involved in it, you, it it becomes your life. Yeah. So the fact that it ended so abruptly was was a, a, a big old shock to the system. Yeah. But like I said, I, I did have Rock of Ages coming up, so it was less of a scary thing for me as it was for the rest of the cast. Uh, but did you replace that fear with more anger? Yes. What, what, what actually happened? Do you know what? Talking generally, it's just hard when you trust that people have your best interests at heart and you discover that it's actually just a business. I mean, I know that and we all know that, but it's, it can it still be... still feels personal. So, it does. And it's, so, it's so cutthroat and it's... It, do you know what? It's the way in which things are handled, I think, for me. Um, we all know that, that, that it's showbiz and things can get cut and things can yeah. get cancelled and you know we all know that we've uh, I mean I've I was in the Jesus Christ Superstar tour that that fell apart um that was you, you remember that was yeah, going yeah, to it was the going to America, yeah. It? And then it we did the two weeks rehearsal and then we were supposed to fly on the Monday and on the Friday we finished our last our last run through I was really excited about it I was Judas for the that whole rehearsal process because Brandon Boyd who was going to be playing it was in America rehearsing um so I'd just done my first full run through with this new cast as Judas and it had gone so well that the um, director Nick Evans said um, guys see you all in New Orleans on Monday we don't need to do any more rehearsals um, brilliant and that was at three o'clock and then at five o'clock he came downstairs ashen and said guys the tour's just been pulled so I'm, I'm used to that feeling it sucks yeah. but it's only a musical really at the end of the day that that phrase has got me through a lot of stuff but actually. it's hard when it's your livelihood of course of course well that side of it was was horrible because you know you plan you plan for and that's the thing about this business you, you it's really really difficult to plan ahead because you just don't know what's around the corner i guess that's the the job of any freelancer really but it doesn't change the fact that when it doesn't go your way it hurts. It does hurt. Yeah. It was sad as well. It was sad that we didn't get to say goodbye to each other properly. I mean, we we organised our own g- goodbye. But you, you still don't get that closure of that. We didn't final get the closure. Curtain. No. We, basically, we had our final show in Bath. We were supposed to go to Bradford the next week, and then we got an email saying, "By the way, that show you just did on Saturday was your last. That's it." So yeah, that was that side of it was like a punch in the face. What did you do when you got that email? Called my agent immediately. <laughs> it's just one of those things, but it's funny, you kind of go through a mini grieving process when something like that happens. So you, there's the shock, uh, I, I can't remember the order of it, but then there's the uh, disbelief, then you're sad, and then you get angry, and then yeah. eventually it evens out, and you're like, meh, life, move on. And you're there now. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, you know, I've got far, far too much going on at the moment to be thinking about that. No, it was quite, I'm really lucky as well. I work front of house. Um, I know a lot of performers don't like to do that for some reason but I I love it so I immediately sent an email out to the Shaftesbury Theatre and the Palace Theatre and was like I'm suddenly available help and I they both said yes so I've been working front of house in both of those venues as well so I'm good out of interest Mm. have you had you seen Cursed Child when you started working on it no have you seen it now properly or 
just yeah. kind of ins and outs. It's phenomenal. I, I have to I have to say it is absolutely phenomenal. Harry Potter seems to keep coming back into my life. I was a, I was an extra as a kid in the films, and then after that Jesus Christ superstar thing happened, I went I'm giving up the business and went to work in the Harry Potter shop, and now I'm well recently I was working there front of house so it's uh, yeah I can't seem to get rid of Harry Potter but the show is fantastic really really fantastic it's everything you want in a show really Brilliant. And when you're in front of house, do they let you pick what house you're in when they? Get no, you have to do the you have to do the the test on you, the you actually do the website, yeah. Oh uh, really? Yeah. What what house are you in? Well, are you not allowed to in say? the fil- no, I am no in the films. I was a Gryffindor. Okay, but I'm in... a Ravenclaw. Are you? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd say that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, in uh, at work, I am Slytherin. I could see that. <laughs> so the, the characters. <laughs> you start acting at seven. Yes, seven. What happened? Oh, this is a cool story. I was at a, I was going to school in um, Hackney, single parent mum. So you were London born and raised? Yeah, absolutely. And I was queuing in to get to uh, get back into class. We were all in the assembly hall, but the, the older kids, um, so how old would they have been? Nine and ten or something, were told to stay behind because the head teacher wanted to talk to them about an audition. I didn't have a clue what an audition was. Um, queuing up to get back into the class and this lady came along called Penny I've no idea what she did in the school I just knew her name was Penny she walked over and she went darling go and sit down with the others so I was like okay so I went and sat down it was this audition so I went for this audition to be in Tosca the uh, the opera at the Hackney Empire as you do like you do you know just the casual seven year old opera yeah, star absolutely and uh, got it I think there were four of us or something we were just in like ensemble choir boys in this um in this opera and this is really cheesy but i promise you this is absolutely true i was seven years old (laughs) i cringe every time i say this but it's true i was seven years old i stepped on stage at the hackney empire looked out of the auditorium and said out loud i'm going to do this for the rest of my life did anyone hear you I don't remember, but, but I definitely that said, was your I'm memory. This, yeah, I mean, this is what this is. This is where I want to be. Yeah, and so every oh, time, gosh. whenever I'm having, I know it's cheesy as hell, but it really is true. So anytime I'm having, you know, normal first world problems, and you know, I'm stressed about something, and I'm on stage, and I'm, it, whenever it sort of becomes a job, which it does sometimes. When you've been doing a show for a year, it does get to a point where the, doing the same thing over and over again, it does start to feel like a job. I mean, it is a job, but it's never felt like a job until those lulls and I always remember that I was like pinch myself and go Lucas you're so lucky to be doing what you wanted to do and you can remember that moment yeah I remember that moment yeah 100% oh that's lovely and then how long was it before you then did Les Mis so then I went to it's really bizarre this stage school opened up outside my house kid you not and I went there for two years I did Peter Pan and I did uh, the casual bit of Shakespeare at the, the courtyard, which is what I was talking about earlier. I did some little filmy things. And basically from Peter Pan, I got an agent and I got sent to auditions and got jobs. Um, and Le Mis, I was 10, 10 years old. Um, and that was absolutely incredible. So by that point, you'd already had your, this is what I want to do. So yeah. you were just oh, it was living, my dream. living it was, for it. 
absolutely my dream come true. Oh, but I also had something which has proved to be very useful, and that is that I went for Oliver. Do you, remember, you won't remember, there was a huge um, campaign to find a new cast of Oliver oh, at right. the Palladium. Is this is 94, the 94 production? Yes. Yeah. So it was a huge thing. It was all over the TV. There were only four channels at that time on TV, and every channel was talking about this, looking for the next Oliver cast. And I went for it, and I did something like seven auditions. Jeez. For a kid, like, and I wanted it so badly, but I messed up the last audition. It was a workshop audition. I remember we had to go, they gave direction, and I, I just couldn't take it. And it was over about three months of auditioning. And then they said, um, okay, thank you, Lucas, you're, you're cut. It's like age, age uh, whatever I was, age 11 or, no, age 10. So harsh. But like, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be allowed now to do that to no. kids. But it was... I was absolutely and utterly devastated. And then I got Lemis a few months later. So it was like meant to be, you know. But yeah, Lemis is a kid. But, and this is back at the palace when everything was bigger. So for a 10-year-old kid to be doing that, it was just, it was amazing. Really, really, really amazing. And people have said, would you go for it now? God, I wouldn't say no to it at all. But there is part of me that goes, I have such a fond memory of doing that in my head. And it wouldn't be it, the same. It, of course it wouldn't. Yeah, no, it just wouldn't be, But you know however brilliant it, it was to do it it would be to do it again it would never be the same as being a 10 year old in that it's like when you go to Disneyland as a, as a grown up yeah. and you're like oh it's it's it's, it's nice. nostalgic but it's yeah but it's I really could do with a sit down yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you have fun memories of conversations with the with the adult actors and like did they take yeah. you under their wing but, like, that must have been do you want to hear that this is cool the first conversation that comes into my head with that is um when I was doing Peter Pan which I adored as well because that was the, after Tosca that was like I need to get on stage again and then I got Peter Pan which the same theatre was at the Hackney Empire and it was Toy Wilcox and Brian Blessed I remember sitting in the wings on the on this big chair and Brian Blessed coming coming over and going um would you mind getting up? And so I, he's like, yes, this is my chair. And he sat down and I just used to sit there chatting to him every night. Aww. It was really amazing. So the first conversation that comes to my mind is with Brian Blessed, of all people. He was fantastic. Really, really lovely man. Really, really lovely man. Like in Le Mis as well, people saw how, how passionate I was. They all thought it was very unusual because there's a, a little step stage right at the Palace Theatre um, by the stage and all the other gavroches used to just go up and play in the dressing rooms and I used to come down from the start of the show and just sit there and watch the whole show Aww. so they used to they all used to comment on he absolutely loves it like he's a bit different to the others he really really loves it, it yeah so I think they did have a soft spot for me I like to remember it that way anyway <laughs> maybe I was a little beep but hey let's jump forward in time yeah um, fame was that the, that was the tour right yeah. So was that sort of your biggest thing you did after drama school? After drama school, yeah. During drama school, I did a film about bullying. And then I did just some casual RSC at the Barbican, Merry Wives of Windsor, which was which was cool. And then I left. Then when I left college, I did... I went to Italy first and toured Italy um, with a company called Erasmus, which was an incredible experience, uh, touring theatres. It, was, it wasn't TIE, but it was schools were invited to the theatres. Right. So... But uh, I did that and then I did Fame, which at the time was like, that's what you aim for, to do a tour of the West End with a show like that. It was eye-opening. I'd never really seen the rest of the UK, really. Um, so it was great for that to actually discover what the rest of the what the rest of the country is like, having grown up in London my whole life. And it's very green. There's a lot of green. <laughs> a lot of green when you Lots get on the train. Lots more trees outside the M25. <laughs> yeah. It was great, though. It was a good experience. I mean, I was that was that those were back in my much more rock and roll days when I was drinking so much. I look back and go, how did I ever 
wake up and do a show that night with the amount, and it was all of us, you know, we were yeah. straight out of college and just party, party, party the whole time. But it was it was great. I couldn't do it now. Absolutely couldn't. And did you like discovering all the other theatres as well? Absolutely. It was great. Really, really great. And I have my favourites now. Where are they? It. So my top favourite is the Leeds Grand. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, just get such a an amazing, warm, magical feeling mm-hmm. when you stand on that stage and look out at that auditorium. It's beautiful. Where else? Newcastle. I love the, the Theatre Royal. I love the Edinburgh Playhouse. That's it's huge, a huge, but really quirky and historical and mm-hmm. haunted. I'd, I'd like some of the, the the more modern ones too because they're, they're more comfortable, but they just don't There's have a the charm same. To the... yeah, yeah, absolutely. They don't have the same buzz. They don't have. They just don't have that same history. Yeah. And... I just love the buildings and like yeah. just looking at them and absolutely. Everything. I could stare at the Palace Theatre all day. Sometimes yeah. I have to. <laughs> that theatre is my absolute mm. all-time favourite theatre in this world that I've ever been to. Actually, it's just perfect in my opinion. Let's talk about We Will Rock You. Oh yeah, that was a fun year, right? That was a fun year. Yeah, yeah. Do you have fun a... memories of that experience? I do. And I just want to start by saying this is not slagging off anyone who's in the ensemble, but I, I went out of my head in that show, in the ensemble, because I just really wanted to... I was understudying, but I really just wanted to do it every night. Um, so I was frustrated. It was an experience to learn. I mean, it taught me that in future, maybe just maybe don't just accept ensemble for the sake of doing a show. I absolutely adored the show. Um, loved watching it. Uh, loved. I did love being in it. I just really wanted to play a part. But yeah, I do have very fond memories of that show. It was it was really, really great. I learned so much on it and the people were fantastic. The production team were superb. We were all treated very well. It was great. Really, really great gig. I did enjoy it. I'd love to do it again. I have a, a secret wish though. I want to play the Killer Queen. I think we could I think I, I t- want to play the Killer Queen. Little Shop have got a plant and drag. You could totally do. Oh, I'd be so, it wouldn't I'd even... so love to play that part. I, yeah. that's that's another um Another reason I was so excited to do it because I saw Maz Murray as the Killer Queen from the audience. I was like, oh my God, I need to work with that woman. And, and I got it and ended up working with her. She's a fabulous human. Uh, but it was, you know, I was on stage in this looking exactly the same as everyone, which is kind of the theme of the, yeah. of, of the, of the show. We were all like robots almost, brainless sort of yuppies. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be the Killer Queen. I wanted to put false nails on and have that big wig and scream. <laughs> In tune with wonderful vibrato. Maybe that could happen. I'm going to put it out there. I'm. If you're listening, Ben Elton, Lucas Rush, Killer Queen. Yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> and then you did Grease. Yes. I was a bit snooty about that when you got there. I was like, oh, okay, it's Grease, but I'll go. But your cast that year was so good. Yeah, they were Like, brilliant. if you were ever going to see Grease, oh, you want to see it with Siobhan Dillon, Victoria Hamilton Barrett, and Hayley no. Gallivan, and Lucas Rush, obviously. No, Sullivan. And Noel Sullivan. And Noel Sullivan. Yeah, it was... Oh, man. That cast... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was... So good. Just so, so, so good. I still look back at those pictures and go, oh, that was a good time. That was, And Michael Vincent as well. Yeah, it was brilliant. Really, really, really brilliant. I adored it. I'm still really, really good friends with, with all of them. I just remember you making loads of really funny videos with a bear. Oh, yeah. Was what was te- his name? Tesco or something? Tesco. Noel's Tesco videos. They were so oh, funny. Yeah. So funny. I mean, we just used to laugh, cry laughing. There were these 
two sofas underneath the stage and I just have memories of just being down there and like feeling like I was doing sit-ups because I was crying laughing so much and then we had to go on stage and try well I say serious of Greece but we had to go (laughs) you know Rizzo had to do her uh I'm pregnant scene and we'd all be at the back like trying to hold it together (laughs) like crying laughing and Vic oh my word Victoria Hamilton Barrett she was one I used to go and watch sing um there are worse things I could do I used to sit on the side of the stage like I did when I was Gavroche and just watch her in worse things I could do she used to well up you could see the tears in her eyes but she wouldn't let the tears fall that's because she's singing, um, but to cry in front of you, yeah, that's the worst thing I could do. And she wouldn't let the tears fall. That's how, like, amazing Victoria Hamilton Barrett is. So it was a, a real lesson watching her every night. Then you went to the other side of the world and did Saturday Night Fever on a cruise ship. Yes! That was amazing. That was that a total was departure. Nice yeah. way to see the world. Oh, it was incredible. And the f- I really, I'm a strong believer in put something out there to the universe. Um, Greece was an, an amazing experience. It was also a big learning curve for me. That first six months were amazing. Those guys left um, and I did another six months there. And I, I got really depressed, actually, because when it's your dream to be in the West End mm. and have a long running show and play a part it's not the answer to, to all your problems like you know life still goes on and it, it like happens aside from the show you do every night it was a real moment of this wasn't what I expected I, I wasn't expecting to, to not be happy I thought if I achieved this I'd be happy and everything would be fine it wasn't so I went to some quite dark places um, discovered that me and alcohol do not get on and so towards the end of the contract I really had to sort of have a conversation with myself and go okay Lucas you need to get your shit together now and I thought the best thing to do would be, to, I just need to get away, I need to get away, I need to, I, I, Michael Quinn had just been doing um, Hairspray for Royal Caribbean, and he told me about Saturday Night Fever auditioning, and I was like, okay, I don't, I, I'm just going to go, I'm going to audition for Cover Bobby C, or whatever, I just know that I need to get out of London, um, and of course we wouldn't want to go to the Caribbean and America, you know, Yeah. and I've always wanted to do a ship as well, so I put it out there, went to the audition, for what I thought was cover Bobby C, uh, and ended up somehow getting Tony in the first cast of the Royal Caribbean show. And I'm not a dancer <laughs> at all. I mean, I can move. I'd yeah. say if you put me in a, in a movement call, I'd be one of the strongest people in the room. But send me to a dance audition, I am the worst. Yeah. So I was not expecting to get Tony. Um, and then part of me thought, well, it must be quite like a little production because if I'm Tony like that's ridiculous casting honestly I arrived the first day these people were incredible like they've all gone on to do Broadway and they were the dancers were phenomenal and I was terrified (laughs) absolutely what the hell have I got myself in for but I was so focused I wasn't I'd given up alcohol I was in the gym every day because in Greece I was the fat I was Roger I was fat and I was like right I need to get into shape yeah I went from Roger to Tony Monero I mean that's a weird that's a weird jump now it was a great experience really really great experience and the director Lauren Van Brank was incredible and still a very very good friend it was a real real growing experience for me to to be a lead in a show i'd never done before not like that um where it is literally you it was incredible and of course yeah getting to see the world and i mean the fact that i can say i'm now a bit bored of beaches is incredible (laughs) (laughs) are you actually after a while you know you create you crave it when you're here and it's raining but 
after a while in the Caribbean, it was like, I don't want to go out on the beach again. After a while, a beach is a beach. I mean, and you get beautiful. tired of sandy feet. You get tired of sandy feet. You get tired of sunburn. Yeah. Would you recommend the cruise ship experience? I would. I will also say it's not for everyone, but I think everybody needs to try it to see if it is or not. It's an amazing experience. It's a completely different life. I was there for, I did a year and a half on that in the end because I ended up doing cast one and two. I'm not going to lie, at the end of it, I was going a little bit stir-crazy and for the first time really understood where the term cabin fever comes from. So I would say, yes, it's absolutely brilliant for a time and then you definitely need a break. Jesus Christ, for start, that production was so Wasn't it epic. fantastic? Yeah. And I feel like it's not remembered fairly because Regent's Park kind of overshadowed it a couple of years later. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I but yeah. I loved that arena tour. So did I. It I was absolutely so... did. I thought it was phenomenal. I really thought it was phenomenal. I loved every second of that i will say one thing though you know when we were talking earlier about the site the sizes of venues yeah so fringe venues are terrifying theaters are scary but you can hardly see the audience being on an arena stage it's like you're performing to no one because it's so vast it's so big and even if you can see them all it's so many people to comprehend that your brain doesn't. It's the weirdest thing. So I remember going to see the, the 25th anniversary concert of Lemmy's, but I remember being in the audience at the O2 and thinking, how the hell are these guys getting up in front of 20,000 people and singing? Like, I would be terrified. Cut to me a few years later on stage at the O2 being like, I don't feel one molecule bit of nerves right now. Did it just I feel, feel like a playground? Nothing. There is something, funny enough, that's missing for me on, in, on the arena thing. You don't get the same mm. buzz. It's a different buzz, uh, but it's not the same buzz. But if you imagine, like, the people on stage, how small they are, that's how small everyone is to you on the stage. So it's, it's literally like you're performing to a wall. It's very, very odd. Very odd. It was an amazing experience, and I absolutely it's my favorite Andrew Lloyd Webber by far such an amazing experience and I've, I've um, made friends for life from that one and you went on as Judas didn't you I never went on as Judas you never went on but I, I, I did the no I did the rehearsal as Judas so I did all the tech and all that and Tim swanned in bless him like, I can't believe I'm you didn't miss a show that's a feat <laughs> for, for someone who's no, not he, but he nearly did in Leeds he, he was having real vocal trouble and I'd been told you need to prepare you're going to be on tomorrow so I went in the next day and it's funny there's a song in this uh, I sing a song about this similar no exactly about this and when I sing it in this I'm that's always on my mind yeah I was in the costume ready to go all harnessed up and Tim came in and was like I'm fine I can do it that was the worst Australian accent ever but he was amazing though he was such such a lovely guy too but he sang the shit out of it oh mate he was incredible and his acting like just phenomenal perfect i was actually quite when we went to australia i was actually terrified that he would go off because i i'm not sure how the audience would have responded because he is so so loved over there um, but actually i've just remembered for that day when he came in and said um i can do it he said i'm I, i'm gonna get you a present for that and he never did so tim Minchin, if you hear this you owe me a present because you promised me you'd give me one and you didn't but um yeah, no, it was an amazing experience. And working with Melanie C was, that was bizarre, man. But I used to tell her. She's so cool. She's so cool. But I used to say to, like, forget being, like, fangirling. But I just said to her straight up, you're a Spice Girl. This is weird for me. Like, this is really <laughs> odd. I never quite got used to the fact that I was talking to Sporty Spice. She was so down to earth and normal. Yeah. But I just, was, it was just bizarre. I like, know. she's a Spice Girl. What? You know? She was great as well. Brilliant experience. Did it on and off for two years, so it was that was a big 
part mm-hmm. of my life as well. That, another one why it was quite sad the way it ended, but yeah. I do look back on it very fondly. That hasn't tainted no. it for me. At least yeah. you got to do it all here. At least, yeah. at least. And I do feel like I did Judas oddly because it was so because the tech was so full on. I mean, there was still like a thousand people in the room when I was yeah. doing when we did the dress rehearsal, you know. So it did. When people say, "Did you do Judas? Did you actually go on?" You feel like I, d- you did. I feel like I totally feel like I did. I definitely got to do it. You went from that to American Idiot. Yeah, I did. Um, I worked in the Harry Potter shop for a year. All oh, right. Went, I don't want to do it anymore. And then walked out one lunchtime and texted them and said, "Guys, I can't come back. It was ridiculous. I don't want to be here." And they said, "Can you please finish your shift?" And I was like, "Okay." So I finished the <laughs> so shift. You went and back. Then I went back and did the afternoon and then didn't go back. I just thought I can't do this. So dramatic. I know. I know. Um, then I did American Idiot, which was. I've been very lucky. You I've have. done. I've done my all of my dream jobs like American Idiot I was at college the biggest Green Day fan you could possibly imagine I was obsessed with Green Day were you there with your hoodie and your baggy jeans absolutely I've seen them uh, seven times live um massive fan as a teenager but love theatre and musical theatre and always said when I get older I'm going to write a musical with Green Day songs they they beat you too. Bloody went and did it first. So I actually never listened to the Broadway cast because I was so annoyed that I wasn't in it. <laughs> but then when I got cast in this one, it was a chance to re- like recreate it because I, um, not slagging off the, the other production at all, but I had this vision in, in my head, which was oddly enough, very similar to Racky's vision. And to get to recreate that role and design it with them mm-hmm. was an incredible experience and I just I really really adored doing that I was never bored not once in that year and a half I did it in total never once bored and then the second cast I was resident director as well so I literally ate breathed and slept that show and yeah genuinely loved every second second of it and it's really hard that I'm not doing this one but I'm really happy because I'm doing Rock of Ages but it's still going to be hard to watch somebody yeah. else doing it, but I'm really excited about seeing it at the same time. That's another another reason I didn't it didn't end up happening with American Idiot was because I have such fond memories of it, and I don't want to taint that because you never know what's going to happen. It was mm-hmm. we were so blessed with the amazing casts we had, and it being such a fantastic uh, experience and buzz. I wouldn't want to jeopardize that yeah. by you know. So sometimes it's better to leave on a high. Absolutely adored that show. Really, did you you saw that? I didn't. <gasps> How dare you get out? I know. I <laughs> saw the... Do you remember when the Americans came over? Yes. And they did it at the Hammersmith Apollo? Yes. I saw that one. Okay. That was 2012. Mm-hmm. But I think I'd moved away from London when you then did it here. And I, right. For some reason, for whatever reason, oh, I didn't yeah. see the tour. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we did go to Manchester, Michael. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you're not doing it again, so... No, no, I'm not. But go and see it. It is brilliant. Okay. I'm really looking forward to going and seeing it again well this has been so fun oh it has been it's I hope been I like an hour thing. what's wrong I with know. us I hope I didn't say something I shouldn't have. so many things I'm gonna, it's going to take me so long to edit them all <laughs> I wish my life were like a musical is on until Sunday at the Crazy Cox Answerdell I'll be back with another episode next week when we're going backstage with Michael James Scott who's just joined the West End cast of Aladdin from the US tour. If you don't want to miss that, then subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. You can keep up with future guests on Twitter at backstage underscore with or at backstagewith.com. Thanks for listening. Listener.